Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air. And good afternoon, Ashwini. Good afternoon, Michael. I have some announcements here to start us off. Great. If you're ready for a new beginning in 2024, plan to join Sangha for our virtual New Year's retreat, December 30th through January 1st. The retreat will include meditation, workshops, yoga, and guidance with Sherry. Registration will open soon, so save the dates. Meditation is one of the most effective ways to train the attention to be with present moment experience. Join Sangha for our virtual meditation groups, conference call meditation sessions that take place seven days a week. For more information about this and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And some reminders for tonight. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, please press star six and then one to make a show. And I would like to encourage folks to get in the queue tonight, Ashwini. Thank you, Michael. Yep. And conversation of about five minutes and on one topic is great. And we are ready to go here, Ashwini. Wonderful. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, this is Carol in um, Washington. Hey, Carol. Hello. Okay, well, I want to talk about depression. I think that's what it is. Um, and I know Sherry has a book about it, and I, I have it. I need to find it um, and read it. And so, let's see. Or listen to it, um, Carol, oh. because I think it's available as an audio, free audio download on the website. If you go awesome. to audio downloads under, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, a tricky, one of those little tricky places for me. Um, I kind of woke up with it. Oh, I started having it yesterday, Sunday night and Monday, and then kind of woke up with it today. And I know Sherry says it's impossible to have depression if you have a recording and listening practice. So I definitely am listening to recordings all night long and um, several very encouraging things in the morning when I wake up. And it did move, it took about an hour, a couple hours, but it did move things a bit today. Um, and uh, what it looks like for me is it's get, getting off into the future and then also comparing. So it was a negative compar- comparison. Um, and what's hard, to, and I guess my biggest question is, how do you have compassion for the person that's in that place and is identified because it's very, very difficult to find that compassion when when I'm in that place of um, negativity, dark future, um, fear, and um, like sometimes I make preemptive recordings. I figured coming up to the Pacific Northwest and not knowing very many people and heading into darkness and holidays, you know, it could be a recipe for depression. Uh, but mm-hmm. so I have preemptive recordings and, and those are very helpful. Um, if if you think this, if this comes up, then remember this, 
truth. Mm. So, um, um, Sarah, yeah, first of all, first of all, you're you're doing you're practicing with it, right? It's not like oh, I'm depressed and I'm just going to sit on the couch, right? You you, ha- you know that Sherry has a book on depression. You're going to find it and you're going to listen to it. And there it is because you're seeking the guidance that you need to assist you through that process. Second, you've heard Sherry say, you can't be depressed if you have a recording and listening practice. And so you're recording and listening. And because you practice redirecting your attention to your recordings, you actually feel a shift of the depression. Yeah? And you can even see what the depression is about. It's about comparison. And I'm sorry, I missed what the, what the other word you used. Comparison like and the future. Looking into the future, yeah. Yes. yes. Negatively. Well, yeah, so your converse, the conversation that is depressing the energy is uh, constantly comparing, I don't know, you or something in your life to how it should be or how it should be different or uh, like that. And we know that the mechanism of, the condition, of, of conditioning of the thought process is that it's an energy suck, right? The, the reason you have less energy and feel depressed is because the energy is going towards that conversation, which is why Sherry yeah. says if you have a recording and listening practice, there's no way to be depressed because your entire energy, all of your energy via your attention is either talking to your recorder or listening to your record, recording. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and so, but go ahead. Well, I was just going to get to your next piece, but go ahead. You saw something about that? Well, I don't know if it's about that because um, it really makes my brain scramble. It makes it like too many things all at once, you know. And so but I'll say that it's not like I wanted to get up, but I, I knew that's the worst thing to do is to stay in bed. So mm-hmm. get up, went for a bike ride, um, listened to as many wonderful things as I could, and then did recording throughout the day. And, yeah, it lifts, um, did a bunch of outdoor activities, and that does lift. Um, but there was a time where, some years back, where I had had a diagnosis of depression, um, and it went on for about six weeks, but um, it feels like mm-hmm. the diagnosis made it worse, and then sort of the conversation about it made it worse. It made it sort of stuck, and then people talking to me as though I were depressed made it worse. And it was kind of a way of, it was kind of a loop. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So I, let me see if I'm, two things, two important things, right? So that's one of the biggest things that Cherry dis- discovered about depression is it's an energy management system. And so if you can move, you will move the energy, right? So the depressed energy starts to move. And so there you are, you're doing all the right things. <laughs> Right, going for a bike ride, engaging in activity, recording and listening, and all of that. And you're aware, however you're aware, I project subliminally about a, uh, of a conversation that says, remember the last time you were depressed? It lasted for six weeks. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And if I think about depression and am I labeled it depression, then it really, if I'm talked to as if I'm depressed, it's all depressing. And so there's, a, there's, there's conscious awareness of, I project the fear of, of, of that, right? Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, so there's an intuitive recognition 
that even though I am moving the energy and getting out of bed and getting active and uh, recording and listening, some of the attention, some of the energy is being siphoned because the attention is still on that conversation of what happens, Carol, if this keeps going on? What if you, you know, what if for six weeks uh, this happens? Because that's, that's also what the depression book clearly talks about, right? People who are, who have, who are intimate with depression basically get through depress, a depressed time and never want to have that depression happen again. It's over. I'm done with it. And then there's yes. anxiety of, oh, my God, oh, my God, I never want to be depressed, so I'm not going to do anything or entertain any thoughts or anything else that will lead me to a, a state of depression and then as soon as you can get some inkling of perhaps there is a, a, a lack of energy, the conversation starts up. The fear of depression, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the thought process, as the energy drops, the thought process starts to change. And, right. um, and, and oh. it feels like there's, you know, hands reaching out from the... Reaching out from a forest or a swamp or something, just coming to try to grab and pull me down, and then, um, uh, and then it's weird because I was watching, and the same story comes up that used to come up when I was younger. Well, here's the solution: is you need to volunteer more, and I started to fall for it and name all the organizations I want to volunteer for. But then I realized, oh wait, that's that's a familiar story, and. Um, it's not a bad thing. And it's funny because conditioning will bring things up that have some truth in them. But, yeah, it is good to get out and be of service. That's true. And, and yet, and really, it seems like the real answer is to cut, be able to cut the human more slack and, um, you know, to be kind to the human, which is really tricky and hard when in, in that negative thinking. Yes. So what I hear you saying is the, you're conscious of the fact that what the voices are driving you towards is a coping mechanism, an avoidance strategy. Mm. We don't, right? Like, go uh-huh. get really, really busy so mm. that you, 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 you cut off the depression at, uh, you know, before it really has a chance to get hold of you. But you can only volunteer for so many hours and bike ride for so many hours of the day, right? Down, <laughs> at some point, you have to come home. And you've got to be with yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, but the intuition is saying doing that to her is not the answer, right? Mm-hmm. What she mm-hmm. really needs is someone to be with her. The, the real answer is to cut off the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that is the root cause of the energy, the lowering of energy. It's feeding the ego system. And so you ask, yes. right, what do I do in order to find compassion, even though you have some preemptive recordings? And that is perhaps the opportunity you have, right, Carol, now, where you, there's strength to, to the strength of experience to know. You don't want to have a conversation about the, the fear. You don't want to have a conversation about the future. You don't want to have a conversation about comparison. You don't want to have a conversation about what it's going to be like if the depression doesn't go away, right? All of those mm-hmm. conversations you're going to head off at the past. 
And so it seems like minute by minute, you get to be with her. Get to whatever the whatever the conversation mm-hmm. is. If the voice says, you know what, Carol, it's going to be it's going to get really really dark and really really ugly soon. And your response is, it's all right, Carol. I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that you need a preemptive recording as much as you need a, you need to be present with her for every single moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I picture like, like, uh, like a little child or a, a little puppy dog, right? They, they sort exactly. of run off after something, and you have to turn them around and say, "No, no, no! Don't look there. Look at me. Just pay attention to me. I'm oh, going to be yeah, here with yeah. you. I'm here with you, Carol. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's no future. There's only now. I'm here with you now. There is no. Uh, you might get a. So what? You may or may not." You know, this may or may not go on, but we don't need to worry about that now. We're going to worry about this moment. In this moment, what are we going to do to be here? Okay, let's go for a bike ride together. Okay, let's listen to the depression book together. Okay, how about, do you have enough energy to make yourself a a meal, a good meal? Great, let's go do that. Okay, those are very concrete things. Yes. Yeah. Need to need to do the laundry? How about we hum a little tune as you do the laundry? Yeah. <laughs> we need to go, I know, do the, something on the porch? Let's, let's dance as we sweep the porch. Right. That is, uh, that is right? fun. So the conversation is in the moment, every mm-hmm. moment, not letting ego have the attention. Okay. I, I think I can picture it with a puppy mm-hmm. and just yeah. be, uh, okay, back over here. Yes. So then, right, then the, the intellectual process that is directing the attention starts to become concrete because if you're the person who is making sure that the puppy doesn't run into run onto the road, you're not the puppy. Right? You can't be depressed because you're you're being the person who is assisting someone not to have their attention on a conversation that is depressing their energy. Okay. Does that make sense? It's always tricky that being this person and that person, but um, I'll let it sink in. And uh, this morning I was having trouble getting out of a story on the recording, but then it reminded me of some some kind of a process like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Let that person yeah. come to the microphone. Yes, but, but you, what your job is throughout this whole process, whether we're afraid or we're depressed or anything else, is to be with her. What, whatever the voice, okay. is, what voice is saying, forget about who the person is or anything else. So forget the theory, right? The concrete practice that you're doing is she can't get out of bed. And you go, you know, Carol, I know you feel like you can't get out of bed, but do you think you could put one foot down and then the other foot down? This is Sherry, on, uh, Sherry in the depression book, right? Can we? Can you make it to the bathroom to brush your teeth? Okay, let's go. Let's go do that. And on the way to the bathroom, can you come a few bars or get a little bit more energy going? Can you smile? 
I see. Take it in, in small pieces and the compassionately. Increments. Yes. Your conversation with her is always kind, always encouraging, and in every single moment. There isn't a moment that you're not talking to her in kindness. Okay. Wow. That's, that's very helpful. Thank you. Okay. Well, keep us posted, and you know where we are, so if you need more support, give us a call. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle. Thanks for joining us, Carol. That was a fascinating uh, conversation, Ashwini, and I really appreciate that uh, request for guidance and uh, assistance, and uh, I project a lot of willingness, uh, like when I'm in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That when we want that, we, that's such a, an act of courage to request the support to get out of where we are when we don't see it. Yes, indeed. And Ashwini, we're going to go to Good News Update, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And Jen, I'm turning it over to you for a Good News Update. Excellent. Thanks, Michael. And I'm pleased to be joined by Sri Devi, who is here to speak with us about this year's Bridgewalk. Welcome, Sri Devi. Hi, Jen. Hey. So just moments ago, we officially launched the Bridgewalk season with there's an email in folks' inbox that they can check out after the show. And it introduces our theme for this year, which is full of beans. (laughs) <laughs> and the idea, the idea being that, well, first of all, the, a thousand children every day, that's definitely a full of beans situation. <laughs> and the fun of it is that over the course of the campaign, each dollar will represent one bean, and, the, and Teresa and the kids in Cantalomba are going to fill a pot with beans for each dollar that's raised until we have that pot nice and full and ready for another year of transformation. And this, what we're starting off with, is really um, looking at how crucial our monthly donors are to the project and how much of a huge support that is every month. And it's what really has allowed us over these nearly, I mean, coming up on two decades of work in Cantalomba has really allowed us to commit so in such a stable way to the work in Cantalomba. And so, Sri Devi, you have a, obviously a large role that people know of in the project, and you're also a monthly donor mm-hmm. of the project. And so I thought we might start there and just have you say a little bit about what, what moves you to be a monthly donor of the project. Yeah, I was, you know, Jen, I was reflecting on this today. And, you know, I, there was a part of me that was like, I really don't know. And then I just went into what it feels like, and I mm-hmm. just have a lot of joy. You know, when you go Mm -hmm. to the Living Compassion page and you click on the Africa Project, the first thing that I see is gratitude wants to give. And Mm -hmm. I really think about having been fortunate and lucky enough to have actually gone to Cantalomba and to have met the people there, to have had the opportunity to, like, get to work with Teresa and so many of the wonderful cooperatives. You know, there's just this desire to want to support on a regular basis, Um, Mm -hmm. especially coming from my own place of privilege and my own place of abundance. Mm -hmm. 
um, mm -hmm. how to really reflect that. And I was also dropping in that for me, you know, sometimes often I've heard, you know, people say, oh, a dollar, just a dollar counts, and, you know, just donate a dollar. I have to tell you, yes, and in Cantaloma, Cantaloma ten times, you know, the, the amount that a dollar can go is so yeah, significant. Truly. It really Truly. is. It really is. And so when to be able to know every month that one, mm -hmm. the project, the project mm -hmm. of this community can depend on a certain amount of funds that will help mm -hmm. sustain, that will help nourish, um, that mm -hmm. will help encourage, you know, um, that to me, that, I think that's, that's what was dropping in for me around it. And there's so many things in what you said, Tree Davy, and one of the things that really stood out for me, and it's something that Sherry always says about our Sangha and this project, is what a privilege it is for us to have a project that we know so intimately. I mean, you, yes, me, yes, very, very intimately. And not everyone has that level of getting to know the project so intimately, but that we have our relatively small community here, all of practice, Sangha, practitioners, connecting directly with that relatively small community there. And it's such a one-to-one -one connection. I mean, there are a lot of places that we can donate to, a lot of good people doing a lot of good things all over the world. And it sometimes can be hard to know, you know, what exactly is going on in that project and how does that project work and you know, how, what are the ins and outs of it? And we have an enormous privilege with this project of knowing very firsthand what the project is and that it's run by someone who is in the situation, right? She's, mm. Teresa is the coordinator of this project because she grew up there. This is her community. This is what she wants to do. So it just occurs to me as I listen to you speak that that's a huge motivation of wanting to support the project because we know it so well. And it's, I think, nearly impossible, well, I could say impossible, to visit Cantalomba and not be moved to contribute in that way. Yeah, and, um, and just one quick thing that dropped in when you said that, Jen, is I think the other motivation, I don't even know if it's motivation, but I guess maybe motivation, um, the intentionality, the awareness, the um, consciousness, of everyone involved here in the mm. state and on the ground in Cantaloupe mm. is so powerful and so yeah. um, meaningful that, you know, when we talk about what it is to steward and what it is to hold in our hearts, that community, Teresa specifically, is holding so closely in her heart so much um, and, and the power of that of just wanting to support that and knowing how much she cares, how much she's doing mm -hmm. and whatever little I can give, you know, little or lot yeah. I can give yeah. to support that, to support that feels really, really important. And that was another piece that really came through in what you were saying that, you know, so often we get talked out of things because, oh, what's my, you know, few dollars going to do? But with each one of us putting in whatever we can, I say, whether for one person it seems like a lot, for another person it's very, very little. First of all, it's not about the amount, right? Because it's not what I know. So it's the experience that we have internally in that participation. And it truly does for every single one of us to step up on a monthly basis and to do what we can. That has a tremendous impact overall when you put it all in one pot, which is part of where that, that metaphor came from for us because there's so many lovely parables, right, that talk about like, well, what's my little thing going to do? What's my little 
But if each of us says that, then the pot is empty. Whereas if each of us puts in the pot what we can, when we can, that pot is going to get filled. That's just how it works. Yeah, yeah. And I think the last thing I'll say just about that is I have to tell you, you know, of course, you know, uh, I look at my bank accounts, I update my, you know, the online version of my checkbook. And there are a lot mm. of expenses I look at and go, oh, true, baby, really? <laughs> this is mm. one that I never look at without going, oh, yes, I love seeing it come up. It says living compassion. I love seeing that as part of what I get to contribute. So there's never yeah. a moment I don't smile when I see that, <laughs> oh, that, that part of my bank account. <laughs> that is so great. Because, boy, that's a whole other workshop, right? Looking at one's finances and all the things that come up with that. So I love that. What a huge benefit. Here's an expense you always get to look at and say, wow, I feel really good about that. Yeah. yeah. And you really touched on another piece of it, which is, so in the email that just went out to folks this afternoon, one of the things that's highlighted in there is over the next few weeks, starting a week from Saturday, so I think it's Saturday, December 2nd, we're going to have three opportunities for people to speak with Teresa live. And it's for the very reason that you are under, that you're talking about, that you're underscoring. Because, I mean, you and I can talk about it. Sherry talks about it. Ashwini can talk about it. You know, there are other folks in Sangha who talk about it who have been to Cantalomba. And that's great. And it's lovely to hear about it. But it, it, to me, it's nothing compared to hearing directly from Teresa with her beautiful voice in her own words, direct experience of what's happening in Cantaloma, that we wanted people to have that direct experience. Um, and, I mean, you and I just this morning, we were talking to Teresa, and I was thinking about that as you were saying that the integrity piece of the project that comes through when you get to hear from Teresa directly. So that's another piece of what's being offered with this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I mean, if you want to talk about the embodiment of joy and love <laughs> and, and everything, I mean, Teresa Capenda is, is right there with it. And I was looking, Jen, and I was thinking, I've been, we've been doing, I've been able to participate in these calls now with Teresa for six years. And I was like, oh, wow. my gosh. Wow. That's and I so it's so, such a privilege to get to really hear from someone who has direct experience. From someone yep. who it just every week, Teresa, you know, sometimes she'll say these things offhand and be like, wait, 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 Teresa, what was that? And then she'll just <laughs> open up this whole other door, this yes. whole other portal to all this other information of, gosh, wow. And, it, you know, all of the different things that are going on on the ground there, there are so many layers of what Teresa manages. And just to have an opportunity to hear it from her, to hear how she processes it, to hear how she talks about it, it's really going, 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 uh, I can't think of how to say it, but it's, it's going to the source, almost for lack of a way, yeah. better way of saying it, and having just the opportunity to even just listen. I mean, her voice is one of the loveliest voices ever, yeah, you really know, is. it just, I project yeah. onto it, but it, I just, so when I hear her voice, I just go, oh, it's Teresa, yay, you know, and when we don't, yeah. when I, when we, when I'm, you know, when we don't have an opportunity to connect from time to time, it's like, oh my God, it's been a while since we've talked to Teresa. I mean, it doesn't happen that often, but you know, like, yeah. it's just really, it's a really powerful experience. And I just so encourage people to take that time to join in these calls, to have the opportunity to get to hear from Teresa directly. Um, it's, it's really, it's really a wonderful experience. Mm. 
Well, you're doing a fabulous job of, <laughs> of expressing the enthusiasm. I'm feeling it again as I listen to you. And that's it completely, that we want people to have a chance to hear from Tracy directly. You know, hopefully there'll be time for people to ask questions and to add in their own comments and that sort of thing during the calls. So as I say, it's, it's going out, it, well, it's gone out as an email with an announcement. There's a link to information on the three calls. And people don't need to sign up. They don't. They can just show up. All the call information is on the web. It's December 2nd, 9th, and 16th, um, 10 to 11 Pacific time. Um, and that people are welcome to invite family and friends. So if you have someone, especially I think, let's see, so the first um, email went out today. There's going to be another email that goes out next Tuesday, which I think is Giving Tuesday. And so that's an opportunity to let friends and family that might not have, you know, a cause that's close to their heart that they know as well as we all know this, to contribute, to send it on to them and invite them to one of these calls and to get to hear from Teresa directly also about the project. So, um, so I'm really enthusiastic about that piece of it because, um, you know, we've been wanting to do that for a, for a while. The technology has finally gotten to a place where we feel quite certain that we're going to be able to, I mean, who knows, anything could happen, but <laughs> we feel much better about the technology than we did even a year ago to be able to do this. So really excited about that. So Sri Devi, thank you so much for, well, first of all, thank you so much for all you do for the project. I mean, truly, it's, it's an extraordinary um, stewardship opportunity. For I know for you, you've talked about that many times, and for the project to have that is a real blessing, and also for being a monthly donor. And thank you to all of our monthly donors for Africa. Um, there's an opportunity, again, for people who want you to join us in that, and that's also outlined in the email. And um, we'll talk to everyone, hopefully, on one of those with Teresa. Great. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. And Michael, we'll turn it back over to you in the 20s. Thank you, Sri Devi, and thank you, Jen. And Jen, you were breaking up for me just a little bit at the end there, and I think you were talking about opportunity to be a monthly donor for the Africa Project as well. Is that right? Exactly. Um, and you're breaking up for me a little bit, Michael, but yes, that is <laughs> that is what I was saying, <laughs> that there's an opportunity for anyone. You know, as Sri Devi so beautifully said, you know, it's not about, oh, but I don't have what I think is a big amount of money or a significant amount of money to contribute monthly. That's, that's not it. It's, you know, all of it together will fill that pot, all of us putting what beans we have in it. That's really what we're talking about. Yes, yes, exactly. And I know for me, uh, being, a, being a monthly donor to the Africa Project is a huge source of joy also. Mm. Amen to that, Michael. Mm. Amen. All right. All right. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. And welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, I can't believe it's been nearly two decades of consistent mm -hmm. love and support. It's fabulous. Mm -hmm. I know. It's impossible to imagine. Um, and the campaign is very fun. I just, the, the, the theme of full of beans. I mean, it, and a large Enchima pot in Africa is being filled as we speak. That's fun to think about. Yes, it is fun. It's fabulous. And we have another caller here. All right. 
Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hey, this is Anna in Oberlin. Hey, Hey, Anna. Hey, well, I put myself in the queue. I've been putting myself in the queue just every opportunity I can get on the principle that if I'm not in the queue, where am I? (laughs) (laughs) What what am I listening to? (laughs) Just, um, yeah. Yeah, and I just loved the good news update that we just heard. Mm. And Mm. I was just going to a place with it of the... um, Amusing's article of not looking for the no and how it won't work, but how can we make this work, right? So, okay, maybe mm-hmm. I can't give $150 a month. Can I give this amount a month? Absolutely. And it's just like in that, just feeling the energy and feeling the, um, the uh, like, um, just that statement of who we are, right? Making mm-hmm. a choice for that with... Mm-hmm a monthly donation to the Africa Project, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's the same process as being in the queue. Right. It, because what it is an expression of is, is, is sort of what the, pro, the process you're pointing to, which, the, which was in the Musings article, is the, the ego position is always a no. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not get into the queue? You know, mm-hmm. why I don't have anything to say, I don't have mm-hmm. anything to process, or I'm in a really bad place and I can't really talk about it, whatever, right? The thousand reasons for not getting in the queue. And then you look for, mm-hmm. well, what is the one reason I can get in the queue? In fact, I don't need a reason. I can just get in the queue, right? It's the same principle because if I'm not in the queue, where am I? Listening to something that I don't want to be listening to, which is my ultimate reason as a practitioner. I want to be here. Mm -hmm. That's where I want to be. (laughs) There you go. I found my reason, yeah? And so Mm -hmm. that process, Mm -hmm. whatever the the content happens to be, whether it's a donation to Africa or... or, you know, something that is challenging in our lives, it's just so possible to look at, look for the possibility rather than the negation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I, yeah. I think something else dropped in for me, Anna, when you mentioned how whatever I can give, right? I mean, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be, uh, we don't have to accept um, what we're told is sufficient especially yes. from a system that is constantly pointing to insufficiency, right? Yes. Yeah, and so yes. how do I know how much uh, we're going to raise? And it's that place, that other place of ego isolation, right? It's all up to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make the difference. My $150, if I don't give mm-hmm. that much, it's not going to make a difference. Rather than mm-hmm. all of all these nodes of intelligence contributing whatever they contribute will will be will will make the difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly that energy. That's mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, just that, just that place, that <laughs> that place, that experience. And oh, what just dropped in was something from the radio show I think this week about just noticing and just noticing there's no role for me right so in that just okay I'm gonna um, sign up to be a monthly donor for this amount per month 
there's no rule in that for me, right? Because the me <laughs> is all about the well, how much is enough, and if it can't be that much, then what's the you know? And instead, there's there's, there's no rule in it for me. This is the amount that occurs to mm. me now. I'm going to sign up for that, and then and then we're all in the pot. <laughs> I we're all in the pot. <laughs> exactly. There's no me because we're all in it, yeah. right? It's all of us. Yeah. It's the all versus that egocentric focus on me. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it's so yeah. beautiful. It's such a tremendous release of energy. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Anna. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Anna. My uh, terminal just quit here. Let's try again. All right, there we go. And Ashwini, we have another call here. Excellent, thank you. Next call, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Marianne from Vancouver. Hey, Hi, Marianne. I um, have a, oh, I don't know, I guess it's a karma thing um, that is just like, it's like this one process that I am trying to stop the behavior, but what happens is I go to sleep. Um, and like literally go to sleep. So I I decided, okay, well, I'll try, you know, keeping commitments, Betty, and see if I can um, move it that way. But I'm stuck. Mm. Um, because... Are you comfortable? <laughs> go ahead. Because... Uh, well, because I can't, um, uh, I cannot seem to actually hear the voices. I just see the behavior. I'm just in the behavior and see it after, sort of, uh, in the in the moment and after the fact is the kind of thing. So, um, are you comfortable, Marianne, saying what the behavior is? Well, I tend to have this thing where I wake up in the middle of the night and it's like I sleepwalk into the kitchen for a snack. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger than that because it, it will happen maybe. It really happens in the evening. Uh, you know, so I try things like... Um, Okay, after I do the dishes, then I have to do this and that. So, you know, to try and cut it off, okay, so then, you know, I can go for a while, but I will wake up in bed and go, oh, and I'm out of bed and I'm in the kitchen. And it's just like, it is an old, old behavior I had as a child. Uh-huh. It, I think so. It may be connected with an old trauma. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a place 
of deep suffering. Uh-huh. And what is the suffering, Marianne? Is it that you, you can't control this habit or you find yourself eating too much and putting on weight or what, what is the suffering? It's, I eat, eat too much, I put on weight, but it's also like I cannot control it. It's uh-huh. controlling me. That's mainly the issue is I am being controlled by this. And I know that it's ego now that does it. So it's like this is the, it knows the, uh, my Achilles heel, I guess. Uh-huh. And so let me ask you a couple more questions, right, Marianne? So <laughs> is this suffering, so when does the suffering start? So is it, so clearly when you get up and go and get something, it's so funny, I'm looking at three signs on my pantry and my refrigerator that says, please don't let her eat anything after seven (laughs) o'clock. I have the same thing. It's like no eating post seven o'clock. Take care of her. I've got these signs on all of my cupboards. Anyway. So, yeah. well, I've I've got signs. I I have you know I choose love instead of eating. So yeah, so it it will happen after the fact because in the moment I am not present. Yes, yes. So the be so to me that that's an in. So you know we're sort of doing a process Q and A around it, right? Because there's the the um, the the behavior is, you've tried many, many things to control the behavior. The question is, instead of, and perhaps an interesting way to approach it is not to change the behavior as much as to cut off the conversation. Except I don't hear a conversation. I guess it's... it's, it's not, no, not before. Afterwards. The beating, yeah. So afterwards, yeah, the beating conversation. Well, even that, even that, I have tried. You know, uh, making recordings about uh, you're not, you're not your weight. There's more to you than that. You know, that uh, having compassion for this uh, very stubborn, um, persistent behavior, and so, yeah, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that just is, um, you know, it, it boils up every once in a while where I can, you know, it's the, there's so much pressure and tension around it that I can hardly mm-hmm. stand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the interesting part to me, which is, which is what there is the exploration, right? Because uh, I do the behavior and then the conversation happens. But can I get to the point that no matter what, no matter uh, what the behavior, I don't entertain the conversation? Yeah. Um. And you do it every single time you do the behavior, because the because it's not it's not so much that you're saying oh you're not your weight and so you're you're okay you're choosing the love for the person which is very very important but it's that place of Regardless of what happens, whether you you sleepwalk or you don't sleep sleepwalk, whenever the conversation comes up, because in in some in some ways, right, Marianne, it doesn't. In I mean, you could just look at it and go, you sleepwalk and you tend to eat. 
and then you tend to put on weight, okay? So you'll exercise the weight off. It could simply be something which has no charge. The charge mm-hmm. happens because there's something wrong with it. Yes. And the charge is very sticky. It's like the, it's like I'm magnetized by it. That's right. That's exactly right. And so this is the process map uh, uh, piece of the whole thing, right? So where, whenever you come to, you notice what was right before that. And if you come to and there's a beating, you basically drop the conversation. Yeah. So the 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 I, I project, and I don't know if this is the this is the identification, right? It's been such an old behavior, and you've tried so hard, within quotes, to wrest the control from the program that what it feels like is, I've tried everything, and I still find myself, uh, and I'm here with you, Marianne, in front of my pantry looking for something to eat at midnight. <laughs> Well, I know I'm not the only person that has this, but I, and but you know, mostly I don't suffer that much in my life. But this is like it's so it's the one thing that you know can really ego can just really get me on, and I know I know that it's what it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I would I would project what Cherry would say is become fascinated. You don't have to solve the problem. You don't have to change the behavior. You don't have to fix anything. All you are is, what is my, so it's going back to what Anna was just talking about is, what am I looking for? I'm not looking for an outcome here. I'm not looking for a fix. I'm not looking for a change. I'm just simply interested. I'm just fascinated. I'm fascinated. Oh my gosh, I found myself in the front of the, refrigerator again and oh my god I eat ice cream okay well that was interesting huh you know and just you're just curious yeah Yeah, that's the only thing you are you're curious completely fascinated not attempting to uh, to solve it at the content level yeah I just I just it just sort of dropped in is I've been treating it like there it's something wrong and I have yes, to fix sure. it. Yes. And yeah, I have to I remember. know why I have to know why it's happening. And yes. I don't think I do. I think I just need to notice. <laughs> so. Yes, it's happening. And so uh, my practice is to just be curious about the fact and fascinated that it is. And so the relate. So the, you know what you resist persists, right? That that's an old saying that as yes. long as I want to change it. I am keeping it in play. But when I become curious and fascinated, I change my relationship with the behavior, right? And that opens up so much more for me. So when you say uh, be interested in it, so just just make recordings every time uh, it happens. Just say, okay, this happened before. Or, you know, that is that all... No, no. I was, so let's just say that you're developing a relationship with a flower or a puppy dog or something like that. It's just so interesting to you. Oh, this is, I, today the, the, the thing is turning towards the right. Or, oh, my God, there were three little white dots on the puppy dog's face today. You know, they're just truly fascination with 
the process of getting up out of bed and going and eating your refrigerator. So it'll drop in for you. What, what, what are you curious about? So not making recordings and making it a thing, but simply you realize that you come to when you're eating ice cream. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know how I got here. And this is a, this is, this is a lovely bowl of ice cream. I guess I better put it back and let me get back to bed. Or you're, you're, you, 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 uh, you, Get up in the morning, get a cup of coffee, open the refrigerator, and you see half-eaten loaf of bread there. Oh, my God, the loaf is half-eaten. I, I wonder who did that and how that happened. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I, I think oh, it was, it's going to take some shifting there to not get caught yeah. in the um, okay. wanting to fix Yes, or the battering cycle, cycle, right? Like there's a, okay, so I need, this is once again, I'm going to do everything possible so that I don't do this thing. And I think as you, as you play with it, right, Marion, you will find your, what, what does curiosity and fascination with this, with this look like? Because I project that, the, I don't know, if you walk on the beach and you're walking in total presence, you're walking in that, oh, there's that shell, wonderful. Oh, yesterday there was, there were, the tide was in, and today it's, uh-huh. And, oh, my gosh, uh, there's that driftwood that looks like a ha-ha. Uh-huh. And, yeah. oh, my gosh, there's a fleet of boats. And, oh, look, those birds are back. There's just a constant sense of how to be present and curious and interested in your environment. I don't know how that looks with this particular thing, but that's what you're trying to uh, cultivate. Yeah. Well, the, the beach idea is a good one. I can kind of use that metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that play with it as a koan. What would be an attitude of fascination that I can develop with this? Yeah. I think that also uh, just actually um, putting it out uh, to you and the Sangha is also another way of kind of um, taking some of the power away from the ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You're taking it away because now you're not in, you're not alone in your relationship with it. Yeah. And there's the, you know, I think that it's like a kind of a shameful thing to have this be out of control like that. And so, um, just, I just noticed that's what's come up for me is that, oh, yeah, I don't have to feel ashamed. This is. Yeah. Well, and the interesting part is you, you could see it as uh, being out of control or being super controlled. But regardless, that's an interesting one, right? You can just, I mean, that what dropped in for me, at least this is something that I'm going to do now. <laughs> it's simply that explore that place of. What does out of control even mean? Have, have I ever had an experience of being not in con- I mean, out of control? And, no. and if it's all about control, let me explore control as the focus of fascination. Yes, I think you've just put your finger on it. Mm, yeah, it felt like that, for me at least. So yes. goes, I know I have control <laughs> issues. Yeah, and, and that's what Terry says, right? We're super controlled. We're not, yes. we're so tied up in knots because nothing we can do or say isn't controlled by that, the conditioning. 
Yeah. And so there it is. If I've been traumatized by this voice in my head and put into a straitjacket, then the only way I can, I seem to be able to do something that, uh, that is out of control is to sleepwalk through it. Yeah. So how can I be consciously out of control, meaning out of control of the conditioning? And explore it not in the domain of this particular thing, but in some other way. Well, I think it's just being able to be present because that is the best way not to be controlled by ego. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes we can't approach that head on, right? Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. So now that we've identified the problem, we can stop hitting our, to stop trying to attempt it by having a relationship with it. What I've discovered is I need to have a different relationship with it. Yeah. So that way the control is really taken away from the programming because I refuse to do I refuse to go up against it. I refuse to fight it, resist it, fix it, change it, in, engage with it in any way. My attitude towards it is, is interest, fascination, mild curiosity. In fact, I don't even know what my relationship with it is. I'm going to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your guidance. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, Marianne. Okay. Good night, Kasha. Yeah, she was posted. I, and if you have any tips for me, let me know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay. Good night. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Marianne. And Ashwini, I could relate to every bit of that. <laughs> so thank you both. Fabulous. Yeah. And we uh, have time for another call here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Stefania. Can you hear me? Yes, hi, Stefania. So I'm always afraid to be picked. And uh, because I also feel sometimes ashamed of the question they can ask. Today, though, I didn't know exactly what to ask. And now I'm asking because of. Stefania, you went away from me. Michael, can you hear me? I'm thinking about the sexuality. Sorry, can you hear me? Well, uh, you went away for a couple of seconds, Stefania. Okay. I didn't fully. Can you start again? You were. You had a question. You're always yeah. can ashamed you, of asking the question you want to ask. But today you knew what question yeah. you want to ask, and so you're going to ask it. Good for you. What is it? Uh, uh, no, actually, I didn't know what to ask this time. But now I thought about something, and it's about talking um, uh, with uh, talking with my husband, and uh, mm-hmm. feeling like I always, I really always, I feel always the fear of saying something that can uh, uh, offend him. And so then he, mm-hmm. feels, uh, he feels bad about it, and I feel bad about it. But at the same time, I feel bad when I don't talk. And, um, mm-hmm. and so there is this uh, connected with the sexuality class that we did. And I was like, for what I remember, there was a lot about you know expressing what you feel and be present, but also expressing what you feel and say. 
And so the two things I feel like, hmm, I did the course, but I don't think I can, I can learn anything new that can actually help me. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay. So the, we wrote an entire book about communication, Stefania, because it's a very, very complicated subject, and the book is about 300 pages long. Okay. So uh -huh. let's take it a little bit at a time. Yeah. Because there's so many ways we can look at the process. So what you identified is there's fear, right? There's fear of um, saying something that would offend your husband. Yeah. And so do you, okay. And so the, your two bad choices are to say nothing, which doesn't feel good, or to yeah. say something and offend him, which also doesn't feel good, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so a couple of things. Do you have a sense? of uh, what offends your husband? I what think do you say that could be offensive? Yeah, I think anything that, uh, because I think I change a lot the way I say things. Um, so it seems like anything that is, basically he often would say something like, um, uh, basically, was it necessary? You know what I mean? You know the, the word that, that they would say, was it necessary? Was it nice? Was it uh, uh -huh. uh, mm -hmm. And so often if he feels like it's not, it wasn't necessary. And so... Um, what you did or you said wasn't necessary. So basically yeah. you said something and he gets offended because it's not necessary. Yeah. Yeah, for example, yesterday we were, he was doing the laundry and uh, he filled up the, the laundry and he said, I never know if I can wash your clothes or not because last time you said that you didn't want that and that and that. And I was like, well, you know, it isn't black and white, I said. It's a gray area. And then he said, oh, you know, I went to see, he went to see his mom and he, she said, oh, I've never seen a washing machine so full of clothes. And I was like... I agree with her because when you came home after his holiday and he filled up the washing machine so full that you couldn't move the, the clothes inside, um, I, actually, I actually pulled them out, several of them. And he said, oh, you always change. You always change role. I'm trying to please you and then you always change roles. And I was like, uh -huh. do you ever think before you do something? I said, because it's not a question of changing roles. It's just I feel like when I say something, he already expect an offense or a complaint. Uh -huh. so, so would I you say, yeah, yeah, so, so, so Stefania, I project that you're just giving him information, but he feels criticized. He's yes. taking it personally, right? Absolutely. And yeah. so, so, so you can't say anything to someone who constantly feels criticized. Exactly. But it sounds like you're aware that He's very sensitive, yes. and he does t tend to take things personally. Yeah. And so you you could say something like, "Well, you know, I uh, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but it's my experience that, uh, you know, the a full a full washing machine and sometimes the washing machine gets too full." Yeah. But then he would say, right. I fill it up because you said 
that it was empty last wow. time and so I'm filling it up and I was like yes there's a difference between completely full that you cannot move the clothes completely and, empty. and this is one of, one of the these places right Stefania because we really have to um, uh, take it out of the level of content so this is a person that I am living with and I understand the sensitivity and the all of the, the, the taking it personally. And so I yeah. do have to be strategic about what I choose to say if I want Correct. to keep the peace. Right? Yes. And so sometimes, it, it, sometimes you can say something and sometimes you can't say something. And sometimes when you say something, the person is going to take offense and sometimes they're not. Right? And so... Yeah. It's almost like you're, you feel like you're walking on eggshells because yes. you have no idea when the yes. depth charge is going to go off in the other person's reaction. Yes, yes. And so there's a, there's a certain clarity there about the only place you can practice with this because you could, you could, you know, you could be completely perfect, but you cannot account for another person's um, reaction. Right. Yes. And yeah. so, what, what the way perhaps to work with that internal fear is to see if you can be okay, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because and I learned whatever that, yeah. happens, yeah. That and so he gets offended. You're afraid. You say, you know, Stefania, I know you don't want to say anything. I'm right here with you. We'll just say it. We'll say it as kindly as we can. And if the person takes it personally, and, uh, and I can't help but say it. I'm, I'm just going to say it as kindly as I can and, then the pers- and listen to the person and say, yeah, you know, that it might feel uh, critical, but I'm not critical. And never engage on the content because you'll mm-hmm. get into that endless discussion you're talking about, right? Because mm-hmm. the reason I do it is because you said this and then you say something and the reason that happened was because you said that and I'm trying to and, – and you'll never win the argument. Mm-hmm. You're, because arguing with ego is never going to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I mean, I've been working on accepting it, and I think I'm I I made changes for sure. I feel much less involved. However, um, I feel like I'm also. I mean, there's a part of ego, I guess, would say, but I'm also staying away. You know, there's no much connection because if I always need to uh, think 10 times before I say something, then I basically sometimes don't say things because I feel like, but I'm not me anymore. It's not me anymore. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. feel detached because mm-hmm. every single time I, not every single time, but very often I would say, and I feel like, okay, yeah, I can, I can live here, but I feel very, very far yeah. away. Basically, yes. I, I, I cannot. Yes, there's a complete la- Yes, because there's an avoidance of the interaction. If you can't yeah. be yourself and if you can't say who you are, and yeah. and uh, for it to be a processing context, then it's yeah. hard to feel a sense of connection. And I know we're running up against time, yeah. and I would ask you to call back again because this is a fascinating discussion. Because what we could do is set up a processing structure, and then maybe we could talk about that the next time um, yeah. on open air. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you, Stefania. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Stefania. And you're right, Ashwini. It was a fascinating conversation. And mm-hmm. uh, yep, yeah, just uh, just um, fascinating and um, fabulous.
Mm. And you're correct that we are running up against the clock. Yes, we are. And I would have loved to have that conversation on um, how to process with somebody. It's a fascinating thing to do. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yes. So thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, everyone. And go happy. Go happy.